Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic Indie Creator interview. It's your Cape Reserve Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our returning guest, Keith Champagne. We're here to break down Daybreak issue one through three and everything in between. Keith, welcome to the stream, man. How have you, how have you been since you last been on? Ah, uh, really well, Cody. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on again. Yeah, it's, it's always it's always a blast uh, getting a chance to chat. We've had you on the show a handful of times now, what, uh, 210, uh, 280, and now 356. It's almost seeming like we're following every every 70 interviews we get you back on. All right, so what, what is this one? <laughs> uh, 365. So let me do some math. 365, 70, 435, I'll see you then. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to plan ahead. So are we, we going to see Daybreak issue four by then, or...? Uh, I don't think it's—I don't think it's likely that we'll see Daybreak issue four by then. Uh, issue four is double size. It's going to be the big forty-four-page uh, conclusion. Ooh. So we're going to do it as one campaign instead of two separate, like you know, half-size issues. So it's going to take a little longer to produce, but I think by the end of the year is our goal is to get the, the final story out there and complete this book. Let's go. Let's make it happen. So for everyone tuning in, I mean, we've we've had Keith on for Daybreak Issue 2, and I had the chance to read this, and it was amazing. But we also had you on for the Switch, Electricia. And I got to ask you, if we had an end to this, that makes Electrician, right? I, am I wrong? Is that how you guys came up with the name? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little play on words. Um, <laughs> my Well, my mom's name is Patricia. And uh, we created that book and that character. My mom was going through her cancer year. And so I wanted to kind of name a character after her. So it was an easy way to combine her name with an electrical powered hero or her or villain in this case. Uh, and so I'm watching my mom and also it, it fit. But yeah, it's very close to electrician. If you ever Google electrician, you're going to get a lot of electricians that come up. I, I, you know, I think it was after the interview when I was like, I was like doing post-production stuff. And I, I just sat there and I was like, you know, I can't believe I didn't put that together when we first started talking. <laughs> Speaking of moms, so we have Mama Geekly stopping in over on Facebook saying, hey there, love the cover. Yes, we have the gorgeous cover. I think it's your A cover with uh, Doc Matter and uh, uh, Daybreak on it, the green one. Yeah, that's uh, for number three. That's the A cover by by the artist Stefan Tosha. Yes, absolutely gorgeous cover there. So uh, what's been on since, or what's been up since you last been on uh, with the Switch? I mean, uh, la I think last we talked, you also went to a con not too long ago. Yeah, just this past weekend, I was in Vermont for a sci-fi and fantasy show. Um, luckily, uh, the Stranger Things books that I've done for Dark Horse have a lot of broad appeal to the to the general <laughs> public. So there was a big hit of shows and so often saved my weekend financially. So yeah, but that's always fun. It has to be pretty... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to okay. say, it has to be pretty awesome to uh, have worked on a comic and then have the series like coming out on Netflix too, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely a boon. I know last summer, the, the Stranger Things project that I wrote came out because before that, I had only been the artist or the inker on several of them. Uh, then the one that I wrote came out and I would, you know, got three or four messages from comic shops. Hey, we want to fly you out this weekend. Uh, you know, and it was my comic came out at the same time as uh, the second half of season four. Mm -hmm. I think it was it came out. So it was perfectly timed with the show uh and it, it made me feel like a superstar when i went out to do a signing at their shop that that is so cool though to have that opportunity uh, man that is that's remarkable but let's get back to what we're here to talk about that and that is daybreak daybreak is a really awesome character i mean she has 
one hell of a superpower. I mean, can we talk a little bit about what her abilities are? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, Daybreak is um, the easy explanation for her powers is that she's much like Superman. She's solar powered. Uh, it goes a little deeper than that and that she actually is made of light or she's um, not to spoil too much in issue three, but issue three starts uh, four million years in the past. And we, we kind of meet Daybreak and Doc Matter as parents. Ooh. And uh, in, a, in a galaxy far, far away. And we, we see a little, uh, just a glimpse of, of their history and origin and how they started out as completely, you know, Doc Matter, the villain, was uh, composed completely of, a, you know, a ball of dark matter. Uh, Daybreak composed completely of a, a ball of pure light. And as they arrive on Earth, uh they adapt mm -hmm. so so they're kind of hybrid biological energy beings both of them but complete opposites one completely evil the other one uh completely good you know complete light complete dark and the way that they bounce off each other uh the way that they're connected to one another is a big part of the story going forward issue three is really uh a deep dive into their relationship and their dynamic and the way that they can't stand each other but they also are a part of each other Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, hopefully people have as much fun reading that issue as I did uh, writing it because it was really fun for me to finally get into the meat of that relationship. I really love the parallels there, too. I mean, that, that is some interesting things. Uh, another thing that was really interesting was the beginning of issue two. We had uh, these interesting villains, uh, the Duke of Doom, Green Skull. They're all hanging out and uh, getting ready to do a little bit of blow. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> these villains on this earth like to party, it seems. You know why? Why? Why shouldn't villains do do villainy things? Like villainous things. <laughs> not that not that doing coke is necessarily villainous, but you know, would they drink apple cider? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Maybe they would. Uh, the funny thing about that scene is when I when I wrote the script to issue number two, uh, there were no supervillains in the beginning of that script. I, I had I had Daybreak coming in to save uh, four billionaires. It was uh, the president of China and like Elon Musk and <laughs> Bill Gates uh, and who was it? Oh, and, and Jeff Bezos were the four that were the original, you know, foursome that this supervillain Snow comes to threaten. And I got a text message from the artist like, yeah, I don't want to draw these stupid billionaires. I hate these guys. I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do something else. And I was like, okay, just do whatever makes you happy, bro. And so uh, all the supervillains were just, you know, analogs created by him. Obviously, it's like, you know, the Red Skull, it's Dr. Doom, um, it's Ray Al Ghul is another one that's mm -hmm. based on. And uh, it took me a, a hot minute when I got those pages back to try to figure out how to, uh, how to keep that scene what it was, but also tie it back into the book in a way. Uh, and it gave me the idea to do, uh, like, these are visitors from a different Earth. And now that, you know, Doc Matter in, in this universe has been imprisoned, it's wide open mm -hmm. for them to come in and exploit our world. So they're like a little sightseeing tour, a little like, this is the kind of bullshit we can get up to here now. Uh, and turns out they couldn't get up to any bullshit.
Oh god, I loved how fast they got smacked down. We had Snow coming in, who is radioactive cocaine, and he just like smacks them all down so fast, and he's pretty much like, you know, you guys think you can take this over? Like, I took you out. Just imagine what Doc is going to do to you, and you know, I come with a message, and then we see Daybreak and Snow get in a fight. Uh, Snow's an interesting character in himself, though. You said he uh, comes from a different universe, uh, from your own comic uh, seri uh, series from the Switch, uh, correct? Yeah, Switch is, uh, Snow is actually a supervillain. He originated in the Switch graphic novel. Sort of a, a side character, like not one of the main characters, but more texture uh, in the story. Uh, his little backstory, which we didn't really go into in either one of these appearances, is he was uh, a nuclear engineer mm -hmm. and was doing a lot of blow on the job. <laughs> and, and he caused a meltdown of this uh, nuclear reactor which destroyed you know like a, a city or whatever like you know my cat is trying to claw through my door over there um but he ended up like he killed the whole you know area that he was in but he survived and was transformed into radioactive cocaine and so now he's much like the sand man in that except instead of being made of sand he's made of cocaine uh he has i also a army. oh go ahead sorry yes his snow angels were his, his henchmen oh i love that and, and he, you know, he just went out and, and wreaked some havoc. I, I, I love like, that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I love the Snow Angels is perfect. That is such a perfect play. And I also love, like, how you really capitalize on the humor in this, too. You know, uh, you, you, they made jokes about it being, like, Earth 240. You know, the, the, the multiverse, like, different Earth. Like, we always get with, like, the MCU, the little joke on there. Um, even, like, his one-liner. Like, how all these superheroes always have impactful one-liners. His was, like, snort my dick. And, like, Daybreak was like, that's so cringe. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think when I write these books, uh, I try to make myself laugh a little bit, or mm -hmm. I you know, I try to write. I'm trying to write a book that I would really enjoy reading. Hopefully, it has a little humor and some good action and some character beats that make you feel for these guys. Uh, you know, like the whole ball of wax. I think you really did a great job too with Daybreak. Uh, you know, we were talking backstage about this, like how many times she saved the earth and like how there's still not trust with her, uh, with these people on this planet. I, you know, I, I felt like that's something we really don't get to see in comics a lot where the superhero does save the world often, but they're so powerful, uh, that they, they still make the wrong people nervous. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, it's texture in, in the story. It's another, you know, another layer you know, in issue one, we sort of meet these characters and I want them to feel very familiar and almost like, oh, I, this is a book that feels like something I've read before. Like I'm mm -hmm. comfortable in this world. And then you start to peel back the onion in the, in the different issues and add layers of texture and say, oh, wait a minute, this is different. This has a little something, a different angle I haven't seen before or it hasn't really been explored. You know, Daybreak and Doc Matter, uh, they're by far the two most powerful uh, characters in this world. But they're both aliens, you know, and even though a daybreak has been around a long time, uh, I would have to think that the way the world is run, there would be an oversight committee uh, for her or someone to watch out for her, a watchdog, which is the character of the machine in this book, who also is a close friend of daybreaks. Uh, they, can, they, you know, they love each other, but her, her the bottom line for her is she has to keep an eye on daybreak and make sure everything's on the up and up. It's similar, I guess, to The Mighty in the way, the book that I wrote with Pete Tomasi, in that there was one superhero in that world and there was a whole support organization that was dedicated 
to just like following him around, cleaning up his his crime scenes, making sure <laughs> if there are if there are victims that they are, they were who they you know their identities uh, said they were. It's, you know, mm -hmm. just to keep to keep uh, checks and balances of these these characters. I guess keep them on the up and up. Another interesting thing about Daybreak is like during her fight with Snow, she is able to take. A, a couple kilos of that radioactive blow. Like, how is she not able to like OD at that point? Like, she she is one hell of a partier. <laughs> yeah, she she could definitely drink you uh, under the table and never feel it. No, she's just immune. She's immune to everything. You know, she's uh, the most powerful character in the world. And I don't think it's spoiling anything at this point to say that you know Daybreak has cancer, uh, which is a, a mystery of how she could have caught you know or developed cancer when she's immune to everything else. Uh, and that's something that we explain and talk about in issue three also. We kind of get to the bottom of where that came from. Uh, and the, the point of using Snow in that scene and, and showing that she's immune to all these drugs was to establish that she would never qualify or, or be uh, chemotherapy would be useless with her. There's no way that she could survive this with, with typical modern medicine. And that so becomes he, very... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, so he's a fun villain, uh, Snow is, but also serves a, a, a larger point in the story. Yeah, and that becomes very problematic when you can't be cured by traditional means, right? Like cancer slowly killing you, and whatever could save you, you're not able to even benefit from. No, and that and that forces her hand. I mean, the only choice that she has uh, is to break Doc Matter out of jail. Like he's the only person, uh, the only being that's smart enough that could possibly help her. And he was the one who knew that she was sick before even she did. So he has more information than she she even knows about about her condition. So I think right now, let's go ahead and head over to the Kickstarter, pull up some of these tiers and see what all the hype is about. And this camp, oh, I, I love this Kickstarter. It looks very clean and sl slick, man. Um, I love I these, uh, the, the animated covers too. I'm just trying to find ways. We do, you know, four campaigns a year through New Pain and just trying to find ways to make them look visually interesting and also not do the same thing every time, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I like these. I, I don't know if you say GIF or GIF. I say GIF. You know, I, I like was I, that's why I said animated because I didn't know either. I was like, I don't want to mispronounce it online. So <laughs> I, I think I think it's GIF myself. I do too. But, uh, so we're gonna go with GIF. <laughs> so guys, everyone, we are looking at Daybreak one through three, a new twenty-eight page issue. Daybreak turns to her arch rival Doc Matter in an attempt to save her own life, plus catch up on issues one and two. Currently at three thousand three hundred and forty-six dollars of a four thousand four hundred dollar goal with one hundred and thirty-nine backers and twenty. Uh, 23 days left to go excuse me we have mama geekly saying the covers are flipping awesome yes these are gorgeous colors oh, thank you man I, I i love these designs so much uh so who are some of the artists that worked on these so uh let's just wait a second we're to rotate back to the green one and we'll start from the so that one there is uh wow, it's so fast it goes pretty fast uh, <laughs> so the green one is uh by the series artist stefan tauschiff and, and i inked it uh, sometimes I, I usually a handful of pages every issue just to help the production process along. Mm -hmm. um, the swimsuit one is, uh, that's our first retailer cover, except it's actually drawn by the retailer. Uh, so that's a, a, a comic shop here in Connecticut where I live called Wonderland Comics. And the owner of the shop, uh, his wife uh, drew the cover. Oh, that's and, really uh, cool. So we're like, cool, yeah, we'll do it. So I got to call it up for her and everything, and it came out pretty nice. Um, the one, the famous, this one here, the, the homage cover to Fantastic Four, that's by Joe St. Pierre and me, and a colorist named Dash Martin. 
And then the other one of the the light or the energy person standing there, I that's me. That's my pencils and inks. Wow. And I was kind of a last minute uh, fill in. Bart Sears was supposed to do uh, a cover for me, and then couldn't do it at the last minute. So I just said, "Fuck it, I'll just do one." <laughs> man, it's 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 gorgeous to see your work in action too. I you are a man of many many talents, dude. I I gotta give you props, Keith. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I find the more you can do, the more ways you can make money in this business. Mm -hmm. and so it's good to do as much as possible. So let's go ahead and scroll through some of these interiors. So we have uh, Daybreak and Doc Matter right here kind of uh, chatting. And this is looks like one interesting interaction. I love her suit so much, too. The cutout right here with the light emanating, the cape. These two, this is a gorgeous character model. Yeah, that's all the, the artists of the series, like even... I never gave him any descriptions or anything of what I wanted the characters to look like. I was just like, one's a male, one's a female. Uh, and so he completely designed, you know, Daybreak's costume, her, um, you know, her race, her ethnicity, whatever. It's all, it's all him. Uh, the chest portals were something that I did mention. They both needed to have uh, matching chest portals. And I like the fact that Doc Matter, when he's not in his costume, he's so wimpy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you put on the costume and suddenly he's a, he's a supervillain. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that's a cool juxtaposition. But yeah, that's that, that there that's the cliffhanger page to issue 2 where she breaks him out of jail. And then issue 3 all kinds of uh, hijinks between them occur. So act, uh, issue 2 was action packed. I mean, what are we going to see happen in issue 3 without spoiling anything? Yeah, it's hard to to really talk about too much without spoiling it, but it takes place, you know, it's almost like a uh, uh, two-person play, I guess. Except mm -hmm. it has, uh, except it has three people. It has the the gorilla on the moon, there, the janitor gorilla, the custodian, I call him. Uh, but most of it takes place in Doc Matters' lair on the moon, and well, you can see with these um, preview pages here, we're like we're starting four million years ago in the past. And we get to meet Daybreak and Doc Matter's parents. Uh, and we see them in their nascent forms. And then they're they're shipped off together. And uh Oh, are these uh, their uh, chest portals right here? I'm not trying to interrupt, but Yeah, the chest portals originally were um what, car seats, I guess? Something along those almost mm -hmm. along those lines where uh, they protected them when they were just little uh, balls of energy. Oh, that's so cool uh, for their trip to Earth. But they also have a, a larger purpose, um, and which we kind of see develop in the book. With this one, also flashes back to when they're kids, about 12, 13 years old apiece. Uh, and you can already see how you know Doc Matter is something wrong with him, and and Daybreak is more the stable, you know, uh, positive force. Mm -hmm. And they're they're starting to diverge on their on their different paths of good and, and villainy. I love that. I love that right. throwback. That that's awesome. How you how you uh, intertwined it like that, man. I, I dude, that's so cool. Yeah, I love this. I love the the colors on the spread here that Stefan did. It like it's so weird. And I was like, he was like, do you think this works? And I was like, yeah, dude, it's very like alien. It's perfect for like what we need here. Then you know who knows what's going on with these bursts of color. Except it looks cool, and that's all that mattered here. I mean, dude, four million years ago—that a lot. This is almost like it feels like a big bang, kind of, you know, like with the energy like emitting from it. Yeah, if you scroll down to this next page too, there's a big clue uh, on this page 
here with it, you know. So I love, well, I, no, I can't say I love it. It sounds pretentious, but the fact that <laughs> the dark energy being is, is crying uh, pure light and then the light being is crying dark energy, uh, I, I think is uh, another hint of the way that daybreak and dark matter are connected. And then in this third panel, if you look closely, you see there's, there's a, a monster there that's devouring their planet. Um, and that also is going to be a, a bigger plot thread coming up. In the, and it will probably talk about it a little bit in the double-sized finale, uh, but it's very much meant to be explored in, in the second series that we're hoping to do. This is just so gorgeous too. The way everything like goes into like the bleeds, like the like there is like no panel. It's like the whole thing is just like one big splash page with like smaller panels in it. Like this is so just mind blowing right now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's all Stefan. He's really a great talent. Like I got really lucky. You know, Stefan drew a, a series that I wrote uh, called Silver Streak for Lev Gleason presents or Lev Gleason Comic House. Uh, and I really, I love the storytelling more than anything. Like he really does a great job interpreting my scripts. So when I came up with Daybreak, I contacted him and he was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'd be happy to do it. <laughs> so he's a, like, he's a very easy to work with, like very smart, very, and he does everything. He's a great artist, great colorist. I'd like to see him actually color other people's art and see what that would look like. Mm -hmm. I, I love, I love a lot of what he does with his color choices and the way he models so much of his characters in the color. So we see uh, what Dawn right here too. Yeah, that's Dawn. Dawn Ryzen, R-I-Z-E-N. That's Daybreak's uh, best friend slash government handler, and uh, she and Daybreak are currently at odds. Daybreak's kind of going rogue here to, to save her own life. I love the last name too, Dawn Ryzen. That's like the perfect play on words, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this will be, you know, that's the nude cover for this issue that. Uh, Tom Neem is doing. We're going to unveil that on Wednesday this week, the final version of that cover. Uh, are you going to, on Instagram, uh, updates on kick, uh, Kickstarter? Like, where can people expect to find that? Yeah, I think it'll be on the New Pain Instagram. It'll be on uh, Twitter. And we'll also unveil it in the updates to the backers. We'll let them see the, the, well, I mean, we'll keep the, the naughty bits blurred out. Mm -hmm. But they'll get to see, like, the full color job. And uh, it's, it's, really, it's really fun looking. He, Tom's another one that does everything well. And I especially love his his painting and his color work. So when he gets a chance to flex those skills in a comic project, it's always like, you know, it's it's fun for me because I'm such yeah. a fan of what he does. We got a uh, Captain B Dub over on Twitch stopping in to say, "Hey, welcome to the stream, uh, B Dub. How are you doing?" Uh, and then right here is a look at some of the characters. So we have an ultimate foe that's yet to be revealed. So that's interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, if people watch the video. For this campaign, yeah. I finally name I finally name the character, the ultimate foe, uh, which is at the very end of the video. So the dead chimps. Yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, a big part of number one, and this is our mystery villain. Sunset coming up. Let's go. Okay, all right. So uh, we're gonna maybe see another series potentially uh, spin off of this one. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to do these books uh, forever. Like, I have so many Daybreak stories in my head now that I've developed over the course of just writing this one. And I'd love to do, you know, more with the custodian, uh, the, the gorilla uh, janitor, mm -hmm. who there's a lot more to, to him than meets the eye, which we'll see in the big double size finale. Like, there's a lot going on with that character. He's not necessarily the, this, well, he is very chill and very 
sort of nonplussed by everything, but he has a history to him that, you know, people aren't going to really suspect. And uh, I'd love to do like a Doc Matter uh, one shot. And one mm -hmm. thing that we are doing next year, uh, it'll be the next appearance of Daybreak after this series, is uh, we're going to do a Switch Daybreak crossover with Electricia from the Switch and Daybreak um, sort of combining into one adventure together. Ooh, so solar and electricity. That seems like an interesting combination. Yeah, and I, I, I teased it out to some Kickstarter backers today to let them know that Switchbooks were shipping. And what I told them was, you know, two characters are going to fall in love in this, this crossover, and they definitely should not ever, like, <laughs> fall in love. Like, there's, there's going to be a lot of wacky things happening. I can't wait to check it out. But guys, before we get to that, let's go ahead and dive into some of the rewards here. So right off the rip, we have Pledge 5 or more. You get Daybreak Issue 3 digitally. So an awesome price for the PDF here. At 10 or more, you get the Issue 3 Digital Deluxe. So uh, they're going to have some extra goodies in this one? Yeah, the Digital Deluxe is the full uh, issue digitally and then also the script. Uh, and because I lettered this book myself, uh it changes so much from the script to the actual final page like i'm rewriting dialogue and tweaking dialogue constantly so that <laughs> so that sometimes you know as what a scene what originally was in the script there's almost nothing in common with what it appears to be or the final appearance of it in the book so uh, is that like a catch-22 for you like being the writer and the letterer like do you maybe you're like ah, i should stop but i just want to keep going to make it perfect no i love it i love the, the ability <laughs> to, to keep uh thinking of new ideas to the last mm -hmm. possible second you know I, I i always know what it needs to be like it can't go too far afield it still has to you know every scene is uh telling a point of the story but it's great to have the freedom to continue to uh make it better and better as as i go and to the point now where the projects that i write for other publishers and things i tell them like i'm i'll do it but i'm going to letter it myself because i mm -hmm. don't want to work um, that other way anymore is it uh is it almost like once you start you can't stop like a whole new like path opens up for you once you start doing the writing and lettering yourself yeah definitely i think that um you know being a writer oh being a letterer has definitely made me a better writer it's made me a lot more conscious of the amount of dialogue that i use um more conscious of the way the artist composes the page you know, when you're trying to find room for the for the word balloons and things without covering up too much of the art. Uh, made me look in the mirror and say, dude, you don't need to use every word in the dictionary, every word balloon. Like, it's okay to, <laughs> to cut it back a little bit here and yeah. there. It's better for the book. So it, it sharpened my dialogue quite a bit and my self-editing skills quite a bit. And I also just enjoy the act of lettering. <clears throat> I, I find it very, very zen. It's very relaxing for me. And I, you know, I, I lettered like, I think four or five other projects now that I haven't written just because I like doing it. It's just another way to make money now. Oh, that is awesome. So we have after this, uh, Pledge 10 or more, you get copy of Daybreak issue three physical. And then that's yeah, that that's cover B for that retail. Problem. Yeah. That, that's so cool that you had a comic shop, like get that and then design it too. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever really heard of that before. We're always uh, setting the trends over here. And actually, I really <laughs> love, I love that cover. I especially love the color job on that cover. Mm -hmm. uh, it really, the cover's by a guy, I can't really ever pronounce this name. It's Rich uh, Staunch, I think is how he pronounces it. Uh, and he really did a great job on, on the color to 
flesh out the, the figure work and add the whole background to it. So I'm very fond of that cover. We also have a uh, cover A at ten bucks. You can yeah, get that's the, the main cover with Stefan. Then you can get the uh, digital catch up at fifteen. So an awesome price there for one, two, and three. Three comics for fifteen bucks. I mean, dude, you have some outstanding prices on these tiers. That cover C at fifteen as well. So this gorgeous cover right up here. And you said this was yeah, an homage to, to what cover? Uh, is it Fantastic Four 218 or something like that? It's the first appearance of Nova by Ooh. John Byrne. And so, you know, the same basic composition for the Fantastic Four cover where the character in the middle is Nova, and but it's Galactus is the end uh, behind her. Uh, so That's... it was just, you know, finding old covers that I love and saying, now, why don't we do something like this? And then Joe St. Pierre, my, my buddy Joe, uh, you know, was nice enough to contribute out to the campaign. He's such a gentleman and such a sweetheart. I love this, uh, the corner box too, uh, right here of her kind of just like, it looks like maybe falling. Yep, she's fallen. She's, you'll see <laughs> why. So we have Daybreak uh, issue three cover D at 15 as well. And that's that uh, that other gorgeous cover. I don't know if we have a large up uh, example of that or not. Let me go ahead and scroll. It's on the, it's on the, it's on the GIF up there. Oh, there's a, yeah. Probably, it might be down below, at least the original art is. Uh, but that's by that crappy champagne guy. So <laughs> I think it looks gorgeous, man. Uh, I think this is going to be the one that I get. I love seeing your original work, man. No, thank you, too. I, I don't really enjoy drawing, so uh, I do it grudgingly when I have to. I'm, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad you like it. We have uh, the nude cover at 20 or more. So uh, this awesome uh, cover right here, which we'll get a, a zoom in right there. Uh, outstanding prices on this too. I mean, I, I'm surprised it's so cheap. Well, I mean, I could make it more expensive. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Raise it up a few bucks, and then we have the Daybreak and the Bold Digital at twenty bucks. So, uh, wait, there's a Batman character in this? Yeah, this is uh, a weird attempt, maybe at a reward, because I was going through some files not too long ago, and I found a couple of issues of the Batman Raven the Bold that I wrote for DC. Um, and they never used the scripts, you know? And so I was like, well, maybe someone out there might be interested in reading these two unpublished, you know, Batman scripts. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I just bundle it up with the Daybreak Digital Reward. So if someone wants it, it's there. If they don't, it's just, you know, a shot in the dark. Let's see. Mm -hmm. We'll kind of scroll through some of these other tiers as well. If you have any favorites, feel free to uh, pick them out. Look, oh, we got some trading cards, it looks like, right here for uh, 25 yeah, we did a set of six trading cards uh, this issue. Uh, we did some trading cards for the Switch as a stretch goal, and I really just loved the way they looked. Uh, once again, Rob Miller designed the, the trading cards as well, as well as the video, and I, you know, he's just great at what he does. So for, I asked uh, him to do, to do the Daybreak cards too, and he, he banged out some great ones too. For eagle-eyed viewers out there, you might see a certain uh, character design of a new villain that was mentioned earlier too. Uh, that that looks like an awesome design. I can't wait to see more from this. <laughs> yeah, that's I saw a little sunset right there. Um, you know, I guess her first appearance officially is going to be in trading card form. So, so was, any completists out there that wants their first appearance, that's your reward to you, I guess. We have at forty or more the New Pain Universe Digital. So this is going to be all the digital books in your uh, New Pain catalog. Yeah, that's everything. That's the you know the hundred and ten page Switch graphic novel. Um, you know, all the single issues that we've done of Daybreak and Microscopic. Um, Kuda has another book in there. It's a lot of content. 
Yeah, that's one hell of a bang for your buck, too. We got T-shirt at 45 as well. This thing is gorgeous. Uh, 80 or more, you get the New Pain Universe. Man, I'm loving these tiers. Pledge 100 or more, uh, and then you get a head sketch from the artist. So is he going to sketch anything that they want or someone from Daybreak? Anyone they want. I mean, it could be a Daybreak character if you want one. But, you know, anything that they want to have, he'll do. Awesome. We got the uh, Daybreak retailer tiers here. Some awesome tiers here, Keith. Oh, and we have some Keith variant cover art at 300 or more as well. So some awesome art, even though I know you said you hate to do it. Uh, you can get a chance to own some of it for 300 bucks. <laughs> yeah. That one there, uh, that's by Daryl Banks that you just scrolled past. Oh, this one? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, former Green Nature and artist Daryl Banks. Uh, produced that pinup for us. And that's, uh, you know, in the book as a pinup art. It's mm -hmm. really nice color. And then is this uh, the Joe St. Pierre? No, that's the, the Stefan Toshev cover. Okay. The main cover, cover uh, A. With, with my inks and then you know the original art for the, the original black and white art for the new cover will be available we'll post up that finished on wednesday this is the Josie and pierre cover which i inked and um you know i think it looks really very striking and, and black oh, yeah. and white i also this think the colors up on that is beautiful i didn't know who dash martin the colorist was but joe wanted to use them it was great and then uh, we have Tom coming in uh, with a nude cover as well for 400 or more. Is that uh, shown uh, in this or is that yet to be shown? Nope, you just, it, it's the sketched up cover up there, a couple of uh, images up, this one here. So I'll, re I'll replace that with his finished black and white art on one. I gotcha, I gotcha. Awesome, awesome tears here. So Keith, you've been on the show before, you know the drill. For anyone who might be on the fence, what would you like to say to them to kind of help push them off that fence and get them to back this awesome book? I mean, I've been in the comic book industry for 30 years. I've written so many comics, you know, from Marvel and DC and IDW and Dynamite and pretty much everyone, Dark Horse. Uh, Daybreak is by far the most fun I've ever had writing a comic. <laughs> so if you've, ever, if you've liked anything I've ever done, I mean, this is, I guess, the ultimate uh, Keith Champagne writing experience for a comic, which may not mean much to a lot of people, but I'm having a great time. Uh, I think I'm very hard on my work. I don't really like a lot of my own work, uh, I'm, but I'm very proud of this book. I feel like this is really firing on all cylinders. It's really what I want it to be. And I think if you read the book, you're going to have just as much fun reading it as I'm having making it. Mm -hmm. So if that gets you off the fence, great. If it doesn't, hey, I get it. You know, 10 bucks is a lot for a single issue of a comic, you know, a physical comic. I get it. But, you know, give it a shot. and. I think you'll dig it. And absolutely, guys, if you have the opportunity, share it too, because that 10 bucks, you might have a friend or family member who would love to spend 20 or 40 on this series. This is an awesome series. I love it. I thought issue two was phenomenal. Can't wait to see what you do with issue, or excuse me, issue three. Uh, so with that being said, what's next for you in uh, 2023? Do you have any other projects coming out? I know we were talking about Daybreak issue four, you know, in the future, but, you know, before the end of the year, you know, uh, anything else coming out? Well, for New Pain... Um, which is, you know, the company, our company that we put Daybreak out through. Our next project is going to be uh, a little bit different. I think it, it's tentative for July. Uh, we're going to do a Keith Williams sketchbook. You know, Keith Williams is a legendary inker um, for Marvel. He's a lot of John Byrne stuff. But, you know, he's worked with everybody. And uh, the nicest guy you're ever going to meet. Uh, we, Keith and I do a lot of Comic-Cons together. 
and we're usually sitting next to each other because people that work on the show think it's funny to have like a row of Keiths. <laughs> so so you, you get the good Keith, Keith Williams, and then you get me, Keith Champagne. And uh, I really just adore the guy. And we got to talking and I was like, Keith, why don't we do a sketchbook for you? Let's do something, uh, collect a lot of, because he does so much stuff. He's drawing all the time. He loves to draw. And uh, I think that would be a really fun book for people that, that love, the most love me in comics, you know? Uh, so we're going to put that out in, in July. And then there's another uh, switch book, a one shot coming up. And there's uh, two projects, one called The Defense, the other one called The Jump, which is going to be a double book, like a flip book mm -hmm. uh, coming up. And then we'll have Daybreak 4 and 5 as a, as a double-sized issue towards the Let's end of the go. year. Let's go. Let's go. I love seeing a full slate like that, Keith. That's awesome. So, I mean, let's wrap things up on a strong note. Uh, you've been on a handful of times. You know, we always love asking for a little bit of advice, but I want to ask something a little bit different. So for anyone out there looking, you know, to just keep fresh with the writing, to keep hitting all those beats, you know, with each new series, what would be something you would suggest to them or offer to them to help them kind of hit that mark? Uh, which mark are we talking about again? Like just staying fresh with the writing, you know, when, when you know, come as someone who's been in the industry as long as you have, you know, Daybreak issue two was phenomenal, you know, for so for someone who's looking to stay fresh with the writing, what would you suggest for for them to be able to do that? So I think you always just gotta uh, follow your imagination wherever it leads. Mm -hmm. You know, Daybreak began with this term of an idea, basically, which was like, you know, what if a solar powered hero and Superman's the easy analog. Uh, what if what if Superman got cancer? Um, and I was like, well, I like that idea. I'm not going to give that to DC. I'm going to take that one. <laughs> you know, but I think you got to follow your own muse. And even if an idea might seem stupid to other people, maybe there's something there that's worth uh, developing further. I, I find from my own process, maybe this would help other people. It's, it's good. I, I take in a lot of media, especially a lot of... Uh, you know, there are so many streaming shows these days, so many different genres and varieties of shows. Uh, and I try to, you know, I'm lucky in that I have a job where I can always stream something in the background while I'm drawing. And and uh, I get to go through a lot of content. And I find that you pick up a lot of influences, a lot of storytelling tips and styles uh, that you can then bring to your own work mm -hmm. uh, to try to keep it fresh and keep it evolving. But you should never, you know, always just try to write the next thing better than the last thing. And, no, I, you know, like when I read Daybreak number one now, as much as I, I, I'm really proud of that comic, I definitely like, oh, I could have tightened this dialogue up there. Oh, I could have done something different here. Oh, I missed a chance to do something here. And that's good. Like, you know, to see your mistakes uh, six or eight months later is good because it just shows that you're growing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think it's hilarious too that you mentioned you didn't want to give the idea to DC because so, so, so many people out there probably, you know, they're independent. They're like, ah, I wish I could, but you literally had the opportunity to do that. Uh, and then you kept that idea and made it your own, you know? So it's like you took your own advice and, and, and ran with it. And that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, thank you. And, and I meet a lot of people at shows and they're like, oh, I want to, you know, work for Marvel or DC. Um, and that's great. Like it's it's a it's a great job to have. But I tell people like, listen, I worked for Marvel and DC for thirty years, and I've never had more fun than I'm having right now. Mm -hmm. Doing doing my own stuff, you know, my own books. No one to tell me 
that I can't do something or I can't have Superman punch somebody punch. or, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, whatever the, the case may be, like, I'm just free to, to tell stories the way I've always wanted to. Uh, and that's been tricky sometimes uh, with these corporate comics, which, you know, and it, they're, it's good to get paid to do them. Don't get me wrong. You know, I still have to work for the, for the bigger companies to make my primary living. But boy, the creative freedom on doing this stuff through Kickstarter. And also an important point I make to people, uh, you do your own book, you own it all yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, you control those rights. And that's a very important piece of the puzzle now in the way that the media landscape has evolved. So why would you want to give something to, to another publisher when there's a good chance you can get it up and running on your own? Some awesome advice there, Keith. I, I appreciate that. Now, we, we do things a little differently. We end the show with what you're consuming outside of creating. So, I mean, you mentioned watching, you know, or listening to shows in the background. You know, what TV shows are you listening to or what movies, like what books are you consuming? So, uh, right now I'm reading Alex Segura's Secret Identity for the second time, which is an amazing novel. Uh, Alex is a great writer and he's a really sweetheart of a guy that I adore. And I got, I got to read his book in galley form before it was published. Now it's going on to win like different like literary book awards and things. So oh wow, it's time time to revisit it. Uh, Succession on HBO, I love Barry. I love. Uh, I churned through the Diplomat and Beef on Netflix over the past few weeks. The uh, Mandalorian I thought was very spotty this season, but it's still watchable. Um, Picard uh, gave me so many nerd orgasms that I didn't really do <laughs> for, the, for the third season. I loved Picard so much. It was everything that I wanted as a next gen fanboy. Uh, so much stuff, you know, between, uh, doing cardio every day and, and working all day, I always have a show on in the background. So, uh, luckily there's so many shows to go through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I got something to check out. I keep hearing about Barry and Secession. So I think I'm, I'm eventually going to pull the trigger on those two. And check them out with that being said guys i have something you should check out and that's daybreak issue three right here is the link to back it one last time that being said it's time for us to wrap up i hope you all have a lovely monday but most importantly guys keep it geeky